0: This is The Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to The Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, week seven in the NFL, a week that actually brought back some better football than from the football that we had gotten the previous weeks. We're also going to discuss a little NBA Uh, And we're going to go around uh, around the sports scene and and discuss a little NBA something very interesting going on in that league with the start time and when they're going to get going again after the uh, after the draft and also something that I heard from Peter King on the NFL and the playoffs. But before we get started, let's talk about our sponsors Triangle Inc. Triangle Inc. is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at triangleink.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Vergona Cranes. Located at 180 West Forest Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey, Vergona Cranes operates 24 hours a day, providing crane rentals, Trucking services and warehousing for storage. Vergona Crane services the New York and New Jersey area. Call them at 201-945-7209 or on their website at vergonacrane.com. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School, serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at paramusdrivingschool.com Or call them at 201-986-8300. We begin with the NFL Week 7 and the Sunday night game. Uh, The Cardinals pull out the victory over the Seattle Seahawks in a game. Look, it was very entertaining. Uh, But I I took a couple of things from this game. Number one, Seattle's not going to beat anybody in the playoffs with this defense. They cannot muster up a pass rush. That's a big issue. And it seems like the defense is making Russell Wilson play Superman every game. And look, that might fly during a 16-game season, but I don't know if that's going to work in an elimination setting in a playoff game. I think eventually that'll come back and bite them. Uh, They gave up 360 yards through the air, a buck 59 on the ground. And again, they can't make a stop when it matters. Murray outplayed Wilson. Uh, You know, Murray Murray went for three, I think it was 360 and three TDs. He did throw a pick. Wilson went for 388, three TDs, but he threw he, he threw three, three bad interceptions. See, you know, some of these interceptions sometimes you get a tip pass, a receiver runs the wrong route. That's okay, but they were just three bad interceptions. Three interceptions that left a lot of points on the table. Both QBs let their teams in rushing. Wilson had 84. Murray had 67. Tyler Lockett for Seattle with a monster game, 15 for 203 touchdowns. Both running backs ironically got hurt in this game, Carson and Drake, and both are most likely out for a couple of weeks. Seattle goes to the 49ers. Um, No, I'm sorry. Seattle is home to the 49ers. Then they have Arizona again, a bye, and then Miami at home. The Eagles and the Giants on Thursday night in a game where the Eagles stole victory from the jaws of defeat. And you know, the Eagles have become my favorite NFL team this year. Definitely my favorite team to watch because their ability to compete regardless of the situation. Now we know that they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. And we understand that the NFC East or the NFC Least, like it's become, is a division that's going to is 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 a division that's going to take maybe 6 7 wins to win uh, to win it. But the Eagles every week continue to figure out ways one to play well and two to win the games that they have to. That was a the game they needed to win and that was a win that they got. They got help from Danny Pennies, two more turnovers, 187 yards passing. You know, in a league where every quarterback throws for 300, the Giants continue to get a, 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 a subpar throwing effort every week from their quarterback, not to mention he starts every game with two turnovers. He did have 92 yards rushing, could could have probably had a couple more, but he fell running into the end zone. And one of the most hilarious things I've seen in a long time, he ended up with 279 all Saquon yards. I'm sure the Giant fans will sell it that way. Uh, Wentz, 359, two touchdowns, Albeit most of it in the fourth quarter, I would tell you, you probably had damn near half of that in the fourth quarter. Uh, The Giants were up in the game 21. uh, 21, I think they were up 21 10 at one point, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, with about, uh, I'm going to say they were up by about 11 with about five minutes left. And here's where the game changed. Everybody's going to draw. everybody's going to bring up the drop that Engram had after they got the ball back. But let me take you back to the drive after the Giants went up 11. They actually allowed the Eagles to score too quick. Instead of just being in a prevent defense and letting them Seven yard and 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 ten yard themselves down the field. They allowed a bomb, which allowed them to score in less than two minutes. Which then uh, th- which then made the Giants have to play football. Ingram had a big drop. which look, to be fair, it would have ultimately ended the game, but it didn't. He dropped it, and then they allowed the Eagles again to go seventy-one yards in six plays, and ultimately. Uh, the drive culminated with a pass from Wentz to Boston Scott for a touchdown, and then the Giants had about a minute left, and you know Danny Pennies, who had not fumbled to that point, obviously fumbled, and that was basically that was basically it. That was basically it. The Eagles now have the Cowboys on Sunday night. Then they have a bye. Then they're at the Giants and at the Browns. So, you know, the Eagles here can make a little hay and try to get, you know, to four wins and basically really take control of the take control of the division. The Cowboys and the Redskins also played on Sunday, the other half of that division, of that terrible division. And Washington really took care of Dallas 25-3. The Cowboys. The last two weeks have looked embarrassingly bad. Now, look, they haven't had Prescott. We know that. But that should not be the reason why they're this bad. The offensive line is really the reason why they are this bad. They just simply cannot move the ball. They 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 had 142 yards rushing uh, total offense. I mean, they only had 45 yards from Zeke. Uh, on the ground and and they gave up 397 to Washington which is not a good offense but these days the Cowboys defense makes everybody look good that offensive line that's been terrible like i said couldn't help the Cowboys move the ball they Dalton got knocked out of the game by a cheap shot they gave up six sacks Kyle Allen was good enough 15 for 24 for 194 and two TDs uh the, the, the Redskins actually got a big effort from the from the Kid Gibson, the running back, 20 for 128 and a touchdown. McLaurin had a big game. You guys who listen to the show know I'm a big fan of his seven catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. The Washington football team is in a good spot here with two wins already to make a little hay. They have a bye now, then they have the Giants at home they're at Detroit a winnable game home to Cincinnati a winnable game and at Dallas a winnable game I mean who'd have thought that Ron Rivera would be in a position to actually you know win this division in year one Dallas is uh at Philly like we said Sunday night then they're home to Pitt and at Minnesota but I don't see where this is going because it's tuesday right now and they still don't even know who's gonna play quarterback since dalton's in the uh in the uh concussion protocol detroit went to atlanta and beat them 23 22 and again where both quarterbacks played well stafford 341 td ryan 388 one touchdown neither team ran the ball well and the game came down to a last-minute drive by Detroit. They went down 75 yards in a minute for Stafford to the tight end. Hockerson on the last play of regulation. Prater hits the extra point. Game over. But let me take you back to 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You want to see why guys don't have jobs? This is why guys don't have jobs. Raheem Morris is the interim coach for Atlanta. He Passes up on a field goal with about 12 minutes to go in the game. At that time, Atlanta was up 14 13. He's got a fourth and five and about the 12 yard line. Passes up on a field goal, goes for it. They don't get it. Why? Reasons known only to him. Fast forward to Detroit goes up 16 14. Now, Detroit probably goes for it and doesn't even kick a field goal in that situation because there was only 2 minutes left in the game but that's a whole separate issue. Atlanta comes back has the ball at the 10-yard line with under a minute to go, Detroit cannot stop the clock. They hand off the ball to Gurley. Why not take 3 knees, kick a field goal and get out of there with the win? You would have to ask them. They run Gurley, Detroit lets them score. And leaves a minute on the clock. Stafford brings them down, might have saved Matt Patricia's job. And I'm going to tell you why. Detroit is three and three now. They're home to the Colts, winnable game. At Minnesota, winnable game. Home to Washington, winnable game. And at Carolina and the Texans. I mean, Detroit can do a little damage here and save Matt Patricia's job. The Browns, 37 34 of a Cincinnati. And just a a, a great, great football game for these two guys. Uh, These two teams were phenomenal, but these two guys, these two quarterbacks in this game were just lights out. You know, Baker Mayfield, slow start. I think he was 0 for 5 with an interception. But after that, went 22 for 23, five touchdowns, one interception, which was early, like I said. And Joe Burrow continues to prove why he was the number one pick. I mean, make no mistakes about it. The kid just does not disappoint. 35 for 47, 406, three touchdowns, one interception, 34 yards rushing. In addition to that, he finished with 440 all Saquon yards. Right, We we get to add that stuff into the quarterbacks too. I love how my Giant fans complain to me that I have to stop using the all-saquon yards. I'll tell them I stop using it when they start, when they stop using it for, for Barkley when he comes back to play football. Tyler Boyd for Cincinnati, 11 for a buckle, one and a touchdown. Burrow had six guys with over 50 yards receiving. That is what a quarterback does. Spread the ball around, not locking in to one receiver. Most young guys do that. Cincinnati stopped the running game that Cleveland has been using this year to get out to this 5-2 and two record. They held them to 82 yards. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, that wasn't the issue. They just couldn't get a stop at all in the second half. I mean, it was just, it was just, you know, they gave up 27 points in the second half, just could not get one stop, especially on the last drive, to allow them to at least not play for a field goal was just terrible. Cleveland has three straight home games now. The Raiders, a bye, Houston, and then Philly. Uh, let me see. No, they have... Yeah, no, no. Yeah, they have the Raiders. Yes, Raiders, buy Houston, and then Philly. And then they go to the Jags. They, they're another team that can make a little noise here. OBJ got hurt in this game. He's done for the year with a torn ACL. But maybe that'll help the team uh, a little in terms of I think the one thing that Burrow is not doing that I continuously see Baker Mayfield doing is locking in on receivers. Maybe this will help them uh, do that. Pitt, 27-24 over Tennessee. Big Ben was good early. And, th- and then... He helped Pitt get out of a a, a uh, 24-27 lead. Well, get out to a uh, 24-27 lead. And then he threw three interceptions in the second half, which allowed Tennessee to essentially hang around. They hung around, hung around. Tannehill, who was 18 for 30 with two TDs, hits A.J. Brown for 73 yards, gets them back in the game. They score another touchdown. Kick a field goal, make the game 27-24, and then the game ends on a missed 65-yard field goal, which was almost good. I mean, it literally got to the crossbar and just died. Uh, A.J. Brown, like I mentioned before, 6-for-153. Pitt's the last undefeated team left in the NFL. They're at the Ravens in a game that if they win, they're going to be firmly in control of the one seed because they're going to be at least 9-0 if they win that game. Um, and if they lose, ironically, they become the fifth seed, which is crazy uh, to think about. Tennessee's 5-1 and one goes to Cincinnati, then home to the Bears and the Colts. The Saints, 27-24 over Carolina. One of the better games of the day. Came down to a... a um, you know, it's funny, I said that the Tennessee game, the Tennessee game was not the 65 yarder. That was the that was the Saints Carolina. The Tennessee game was the the field goal that was actually uh that was actually wide. The the Saints Carolina game is the one that came down to the 65 yard field goal. That one was the one that was just short. Breeze without Thomas, uh, who again is nursing an injury, but we're hearing a lot of things, a lot of rumors coming out of there that they might be trying to get with him, uh, get rid of him. Breeze without Thomas, 29 for 36, two touchdowns. And Kamara had 148 all Saquon yards. Teddy Bridgewater did his Teddy things, you know, 23 for 28, two TDs. Again, nothing spectacular, but he always does enough to help you win, put you in that position. The issue that Carolina had was they could simply not run the ball. You know, I, I think if not having McCaffrey now caught up to them, and you're gonna probably see that now moving forward. The Kid Davis did a decent job holding down the fort, but they need McCaffrey back. They're on a short week now, so I'm not sure if McCaffrey's gonna be able to play this week. But if they do get McCaffrey back, he'll probably be on a uh, on a pitch count anyway. The Saints are four and two. They have a hard stretch now coming up. They're at the Bears, at Tampa Bay and then home to the 49ers. The Bills beat the Jets 18-10. The Bills were down 10 nothing. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me how because anybody that that would fall behind the Jets has to be almost put out of commission. That's how bad the Jets are. But then once they were up 10 nothing, the Jets remembered who they were and that they're playing for the number one pick the jets had a total of four yards on offense in the second half four guys really think about this if you're a 6-2 running back and you fall forward and you extend the ball you might have had more yards than the jets had in the second half arnold 12 for t- uh, arnold darnold 12 for 23 a buck 22 interceptions Allen, 30 for 43, 307, ran for 61, 368 total, all Saquon yards. Beasley had a nice game, 11 for a buck 12, uh, but they need to get more from their running backs. You know, that's one of the things that's actually, over the last couple of weeks, become a problem for Buffalo. They're just not running the ball well. Moss actually the outrushed Singletary, who's their starter, and they're really getting most of their rushing yards from the quarterback position. They have to figure out a way to get something out of their running backs. Buffalo hosts the Pats in Seattle the next two weeks. The Packers, 35 20 over Houston. Aaron Rodgers, phenomenal. 23 for 34, 283, four TDs. And Devontae Adams put on a clinic. 13 for 196 and two touchdowns. You know, Jamal Williams also did a good job in this game. Filling in for Jones, nineteen for seventy-seven and one touchdown. You know, I always get on Deshaun Watson, the thirty-nine million dollar man. And again, if you look at this, is the same old story. If you look at his numbers, twenty-nine for thirty-nine, two touchdowns. It seems good, but what do I always say? It's when the team is—it's garbage garbage play that you're getting for that 39 million they fall behind 28 7 and then he pads his stats to make it look like he's not part of the problem he's part of the problem green bay is gonna win 13 games minimum 12 but definitely 13 green bay moving forward minnesota at home win. at the 49ers let's give them a loss because it's a Thursday night game. The Jaguars, that's a win. At Indy, that's a win. Bears, at home, that's a win. The Eagles, that's a win. At Detroit, that's a win. Carolina, that's a win. The Titans, at home, I'm going to give them a win on that too. They might only lose to Chicago the end of the year if you really go through it. But even if they stub their toe and they go 12-4, and They're going to be a problem moving forward for anyone coming out of that NFC. Tampa handled the Raiders 45-20 in a game that the score really doesn't do justice. Brady was great. uh, 33 for 45, 369, and four touchdowns. But look, let's be clear. Two things. Number one, if you're a fantasy football player, and you have any receivers on Tampa Bay, you're going to struggle this year. Scotty Miller led them with six catches and 109 for a touchdown. Cause Brady's going to throw the ball to whoever's open. So there's weeks where you're going to go up and down, especially with Godwin and Evans, who are the two guys that I'm sure most people have, but they did get Fournette back healthy. He split the carries with Jones made six catches for 47 yards, finished with 97, all Saquon yards But this game, like I said, was closer than than, than you would think. The game was 24-17. The Raiders had a third and four from about the Tampa 20. You know, obviously went for it. Obviously, they were going on third and four. Got three yards. Settled for three. When they settled for that three, essentially, that was the last shot they had at the game. They let up a long drive after that. Tampa went up. 11 on the first play of their next drive interception two plays later Tampa scores game out of hand Tampa Bay goes to the Giants on Monday night which uh is a game they should win the Raiders and then at the Cleveland Browns the 49ers 33 in the Patriots 6 typical 49ers they win by four touchdowns and Jimmy G throws for zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Who he is. He's averaging less than 200, or i right on the number. He's averaging about 200 yards right per game. And look, how are you going to win these next couple of games with your quarterback? And I mentioned this earlier when I spoke about Danny Penny's in a league where everybody's throwing for 300 yards routinely. How are you going to win throwing for 200 when you have to win these games coming up? They're at Seattle, Green Bay, at New Orleans at the Rams, and then Buffalo. Not going to happen. Jeff Wilson filled in for Mostert. He was 17 for a buck, 12 and three touchdowns, and then he got hurt. So they're in a situation, I guess Hasty will be the next guy up next week when they play. Cam Newton continues to keep putting that defense in terrible spots. Terrible spots. Turnovers. And he, listen, he had two good games early. And one of them passing and the other one running two touchdowns on the season, seven interceptions. He's proving why no one would sign this guy. He's played five games. He's got under 1,000 yards passing in five games, and he's got a rating of 42. In the last two games, zero touchdowns, five interceptions, 255 total yards. He's about to lose his job. He's about to lose his job because Bill Belichick is not gonna stay, you know, is not gonna handle that losing, turning the ball over. He'll lose, but he's not gonna lose turning the ball over. Little interesting thing on on, on, on them though, on the Patriots. Patriots are six and nine over their last 15 games. I don't think most people know that. The Chargers 29, uh, 39-29 over Jacksonville. And look, this was a very fun game, a lot of scoring. Justin Herbert just an absolute stud, 27 for 43, 347, three touchdowns, he also ran for 66 yards, 413 all Saquon yards, Keenan Allen, monster game, 10 for buck 25, but Herbert used nine different receivers, similar to Burrow, using multiple receivers, not locking in, has opened the entire field, it makes the defense have to defend 30 and 40 yards At a clip. Too hard to do in this era of football when you can't put your hands on the receivers as a corner. The Jags offense mostly was James Robinson, 22 for 119. He was lights out and one touchdown. He also had four catches for 18 yards and one touchdown, 137 all Saquon yards for Robinson. The Chargers have a shot to win the next four games. I said a couple of shows ago they would win five in a row. They already got one. You got four left. I am worried about the Denver game next week, though, because I haven't looked at the line. But I know how Vegas works. That line should be closer to five or six. It's probably going to be two or three. And if it's two or three, I definitely like Denver in that game. The Rams 24-10 over the Bears on Monday night. Just a snoozer. The Bears are 5-2 and two and look like the Jets on offense. I don't understand how that team's 5-2. and two. Foles is a typical backup. He'll show you flashes, but another two interceptions yesterday. On the season, six touchdowns, six interceptions, a 50 QBR. His QBR is just slightly better than Cam Newton's. The Bears rushed for 49 yards and scored one touchdown. On defense. On defense. The Rams rush for a buck 61. Goff was efficient, 23 for 33, 219 and two touchdowns. Both teams are 5 and 2. Don't ask me how the Bears are 5 and 2. The Rams travel to Miami. Um Yeah, the Rams travel to Miami. The Bears are home to the Saints and then a tough stretch at Tennessee, Minnesota and at Green Bay. Lusimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call them at 973-824-0113. JJ Farber Lotman, providers of wholesale insurance at competitive rates for small and medium businesses. Go to jjfl.com or get an instant quote by calling 844 502 8923. MJ Luxury Inc. For the most unique experience in the medical transportation business, call MJ, located in New York City with over 1,000 cars at your disposal. Call them at 718 278 2222 or 914 484 7264 and tell my man Jadil Jimenez that the Sergio Rodriguez show sent you. You know, a couple of sports headlines that are going down, and I want to touch a cup on a couple of them really quick. The Dodgers are up 3-2 against Tampa. Blake Snell has a chance to send this to game seven. I think he will. I really think he will. By all intensive purposes, if the Dodgers had a decent closer this would be over, but Jensen continues to do his thing, blue game 4 with a chance to go up 3-1 and that was just that was just essentially the reason why we're having a game 6 tonight. The NBA draft is going to be going off on November 18th, but the bigger issue right now facing the NBA is the salary cap and how they're going to handle money distribution If they start when they want to start, which is before Christmas, understand that the biggest day for the NBA during the year is Christmas Day. They have their five games or the only show in town. They want to play on that day. But going on that day means that now you might not have fans in the stands and you have to figure out a way to get these players to agree to play this early since the season just ended damn near a week and a half ago. So they're stuck in a situation where uh, they might have to play a play-in tournament this year. They've discussed no All-Star game, uh, a two-week break during the year. Because the other thing is there's a, a, a there's an end to the season that they have to finish before because we have the Summer Olympics in Japan. So they, it, they're really in a crunch with trying to get the season started End it and how they're gonna generate revenue and getting these guys to agree to play. The NBA right now is in a tough spot, but they 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 give these players too much control in the NBA, and that's gonna come back to bite them in this situation. Something that I heard Peter King say is that the NFL is in a situation where it might have to go depending on how many games get canceled because of the COVID, they might have to go to that 18th week, which essentially would have been week one of the playoffs. They might go to an 18th week, which then means there will be no week off uh, for the Super Bowl. But one of the things that he mentioned because of that is that the NFL might then go to an eighth playoff team per division You might say, well, why? What's the difference? Here's the problem. If you extend an 18th week, now that means that whoever the one seed is and gets a bye is going to have essentially 20 days off to play that first playoff game. And they're not going to want that. So that's something to keep an eye on as these COVID cases come up in the NFL and games get canceled. If they do go to that 18th week, you could get an eighth team added on late. Remember that you heard it here first on the Sergio Rodriguez show. Fairfield physical therapy located in the Fairfield Commons suite G106 and owned and operated by Justin Solitoff, who has over 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy called Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service is the recognized number one car service in New York City by medical transportation standards. Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic Car Service will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or at 844-666-6274. The Sergio Rodriguez Picks or not picks, but gambling portion of the show is brought to you by Stan sports center. One of the oldest and most recognized sporting goods stores in New Jersey located on Washington street in Hoboken and Saddlebrook stance has been recognized as a historical institution. Call Stan's at 201-773-6891 or at StansportCtr.com. And speaking of our picks 23, 13-1 and one on the season. 4-1-1 one and one this week. We got lucky. Now, I will tell you that most people who took Cincinnati, by the time they bet that game, that game went off at 3.5-4. So if you bet Cincinnati, you probably won. I'm not going to take it as a win, but you definitely won. I'm going to take it that the way I put the line. And we lost the over in the Green Bay game by one point. To- total was 56. It ended at 55. This week coming up, let's look at these lines for the first time here, and we'll go over and hopefully give you a little something-something here. Carolina's at home hosting Atlanta. It's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a little small on that line. That's a little tricky game. That looks a little tricky. Indianapolis is traveling to Detroit, and they're a three-point favorite. I'm going to tell you right now, Detroit's the play in this game, 1,000%. Especially if that line stays at three or goes to two and a half. Green Bay minus six and a half at home versus Minnesota. A lot of points in a division game, especially with Minnesota coming off a buy. Keep an eye on that game. Don't just drop all the money on Green Bay. Buffalo's a three and a half point favorite at home against New England. This will be a defensive game. Buffalo struggles to run the ball, and the Patriots, if they don't turn the ball over, Five times will be in this game. Tennessee travels to Cincinnati and is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, That line keeps going up. It opened up at three-and-a-half. It's already up to five-and-a-half. I could see Tennessee just being too much defensively for Cincinnati. Las Vegas and Cleveland. Cleveland is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. What that line tells you is that Vegas believes... Las Vegas is a better team at two and a half. When you're giving three as it is at home and you're only two and a half, they're telling you the other team is better. Think about that before you bet Cleveland. The Chiefs are a 19 and a half point favorite against the Jets. I don't know if they'd be a 19 and a half point favorite against Clemson, but they are. They're a 19 and a half point favorite Roll The Chiefs will be at least 35-10 in this game. The Rams are a four-point favorite at Miami. Tricky game. Tricky game to bet. I would stay away from it because you don't know what you're going to get. Miami is coming off the bye, but they're making a quarterback change. Stay away from that game. New Orleans is a four-point favorite on the road at Chicago. I'm all over Chicago in this game, especially if the line goes down. Especially if it goes down. Seattle's a three-point favorite at home versus the 49ers tricky game 49ers beat up Seattle's defense just can't stop anybody this game is shaping up to be an over Philadelphia wow three and a half Philadelphia I I would have I thought this line would have moved up this was the only line that I saw because I was interested in seeing how it was Philadelphia's a three and a half point favorite at home against Dallas Dallas has looked terrible. The last two weeks doesn't even know who their quarterback is going to be. And Philadelphia is going to have a 10 day break before they play this game. And they're only essentially a half point better on a neutral site than the Cowboys. That's what Vegas is telling me. Be careful. Be careful. The Chargers are a three point favorite on the road at Denver. You see, and this is what I was worried about. This is what I was worried about with this game. If this line stays at three, Denver's the play. Yeah, Denver's the play. Baltimore's a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Pittsburgh in a game where if Baltimore wants to be the one seed, they better win this game, and they better win big, because if they hang around close, Pittsburgh can find a way to score. And Tampa Bay in the Monday night game goes to the Giants and is a a ten-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, and they should take care of business. And joining us right now from the Sports Journey Network, my former co-host in Orlando when we were at ESPN and in D.C., currently covers the Washington football team, and he's a big TV analyst these days, my good friend, Lake Lewis. Lake, how are you?
1: Hey, what's going on, sir? Good to be here with you. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Listen, and I'm calling you two days after The Cowboys lost to the Redskins. I normally only reach out to you when we beat you guys, which happens all the time now. But, I mean, you got to respect that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, big Cowboys fan. My father, who passed recently, was a Cowboys fan. I used to get calls all the time from people like, man, I, I feel for you. Well, I might have to flip that now and tell you. I feel for you guys because, I don't recognize that Cowboys team that I saw on Sunday firsthand right in front of me. I saw guys that quit and when you don't fight for your quarterback, that gets knocked out on a bad, you know, bad hit. um, That tells you all you need to know. The Cowboys are a mess right now. And, you know, I'm hearing grumblings about Mike McCarthy's job security, which, which doesn't make sense to me, but you know, this is where we are right now.
0: Okay. Let's start. Let's start here. The main issue with the Cowboys is not Dak Prescott. Forget about that. Because all Dak did better than Dalton is mask all the other issues. Right, right. The okay. issue with the Cowboys right now is the offensive line. It's terrible. The, the Cowboys had Horrible. 140 yards of offense. Right. Okay.
1: And, and that and that line was built to be, at one point was built to be the best in the league to help Zeke Elliott. And now you see him struggling because there's no one in
0: front of them the block. Correct, right? So now, you know that that's the primary issue. I think as Zach Martin gets back and 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 they can fill in two other ones, two other spots. Maybe they'll have some semblance of a team that will be able to compete. You know, moving forward. But right here's something that can't be rectified. Where are you going to go find DBs? The Cowboys are terrible in the secondary.
1: They are. They're. They're, they're really bad, and they, and they. they. made a big error when they uh, didn't resign. You know, one of their own free agents last year. You know, and, uh, um, and I'm thinking they get to sign with, I think, with Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, I mean, sign with the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, so when you when you make errors like that and you fill the void, that's not a good look. I mean, for for uh, I just saw across the board, just a team that looks like they're not. I understand there's some young guys like CD lamb does not look like what I was expecting for him to look like. And I don't want to attribute that to the loss of Dak Prescott. I'll be honest with you, Serge. I think the same thing that's happening there is happening here in DC, but I do think the last game kind of helped the offensive coordinator here in DC talking about Scott Turner. But I think, uh, Kellen Moore is (laughs) you got to look at him a little differently because you know, he's the guy now that's calling the plays for them. And as, as much as this this is funny to hear hear me say this, you tell me as a Cowboys guy if I'm off here, do you guys miss Jason Garrett now?
0: Huh. You know, it's funny you mentioned, and by the way, Baron Jones is the guy that you're talking about. And look, yeah. I wasn't high on Barron Jones at the money he wanted, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's created another hole that they just get, I mean, and they're just blowing coverages left and right. But let's yeah. talk yeah. about, Jason Garrett. I was not one of these guys that wanted Jason Garrett fired, and I'm going to tell you why. I don't believe that in the NFL you should ever play and expect to win a championship. I think you should play to be good, and let me explain what I mean. If you really go through the history of the league, I would tell you damn near 7 or 8 teams have 80% of the Super Bowls. So that, what that yep. tells you is that every generation has two teams or three teams who are going to dominate and win. All you can ask is for your team to get into the tournament as often as possible and hope that it has a breakthrough. Jason Garrett <laughs> is a guy that was 20 games over 500, and you were guaranteed 8-8 eight and eight every year. There were years yeah, where he won 13? I, I was trying
1: to say, yeah. I was going to say you. You to me, I thought you would guarantee Dallas was almost a, a double-digit win team every year, and a playoff team.
0: Well, I mean, listen, his averages. His, are, his averages are nine and seven. So, obvious. How many head coaches right now? Thirty head coaches <laughs> will average nine and seven for their career. None. I mean, you might have. Uh, you know, I, mean, I shouldn't say none, but I'm saying you might have five, 10%, six. 10%, ten
1: percent. Yeah, ten percent. Ten percent of the coaching. And and I'll tell you this, Serge. Since she said nine and seven. Nine and seven would be a runaway freight train in the NFC East this year.
0: <laughs> hundred uh-huh. percent.
1: I mean, they would have. It, it, they would have already won the division if you really think about it. And it, so again, everyone's talking about Dak, and, and clearly they miss his leadership. I, I liken Dak Prescott's injury to Alex Smith's injury here. The difference is Dak was thrown for three hundred. Alex wasn't, but Alex was a leader. He was a guy that the guys played for. And I think that Dallas severely underestimated Dak Prescott's leadership and what he meant in the locker room. And they were looking at it clearly from an X's and O standpoint. Um, yeah, we know that they weren't necessarily winning even when he was healthy. But his leadership had these guys competing, and they missed that right now big time. They don't have a leader right now on this team,
0: period. And listen, when the when when the guy who's making a hundred million dollars and gets paid to run the ball and he's turning the ball over, also, I mean, two fumbles <laughs> last week, a drop pass which turns into an interception this week. I mean, uh, Zeke's got to be better too. You know, he got yeah, he got flattened on a pass block too, sir, which swear, never happens. Like, he's a really yeah. good pass blocker. Let me tell you uh, something absolutely. interesting. Let me tell you something interesting about Zeke. Two. One hundred yard rushing games in his last fifteen games. Wow!
1: <laughs> hey, wow! Hey, I didn't even know that. Yeah! <laughs> wow!
0: Hey, talk to me. Talk to me about the Redskins here. Um, obviously, we're in, you know, the in the NFC East market, and I want to cover all the teams. The Redskins, by the way, my guy McLaurin, another big game this week. You were, you told me McLaurin was going to be a stud. The first day of training camp last year, and you've been you've been on that guy, and he's putting up great numbers. Um, what are they going to do at quarterback? I mean, Allen was efficient, but he is what he is. He looks like a backup. I don't think Alex Smith is healthy enough to play. And what are they? So, what are, where are they going to go here?
1: Well, personally, I think that they're hoping that. You know, Allen can 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 keep them in contention as long as possible. I mean, I I think a lot of people here want to see Alex play. They think he's the better of all three as far as to be able to get them where they need to be. Um, I personally don't want to see that, and it's just it's hard for me to want to see him out there after that injury. Um, you know, he survived the, the onslaught from Aaron Donald and the Rams through two weeks ago, and that showed you that he can be out there and play. But you saw him doing some things out on the field that were kind of like he was tentative, rightfully so too. But you, you know, those, those, that's he's probably going to continuously be tentative when you think about what happened to him. So, I think they hope that Kyle Allen is the guy. He, he definitely has given the offense a little bit of life, um, but they're just devoid of the deep ball. And, and to me, Terry McLaurin. If I asked you what's the one thing that stands out about Terry McLaurin, the one or two things, you might say his route running and his toughness. Well the the best attribute of Terry McLaurin is he's a four two forty guy. He doesn't play fast because the offense doesn't allow him to. He's so, almost he's
0: almost as fast as me back in the day.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> Yeah, and then you woke up. But you know the thing is is that no, this guy this guy's dynamic. And when I tell you dynamic, he he I, I, I told you last year, he reminds me of a of a of a younger like DeAndre Hopkins as far as his style of play. He's tough, he's a great route runner, he catches everything near him, and he's just a tremendous leader. You know, so I, I see those similarities. I'm not saying he's DeAndre Hopkins, there's only one of that guy, but the point is if you have to consider him to be like someone, um, you know, I heard an analyst the other day say, uh, it was national analyst, I can't think of who it was, maybe maybe uh, Baldy, Brian Baldinger, but I think he said the kid's footwork reminds him, oh, James Lofton said it. He said that McLaurin's footwork reminds him of Jerry Rice. He's just always able to get open and get to the ball. So, yeah, the kid's dynamic, but he needs a lot of help in this offense right now it's just a bunch of young pups out there trying to figure out, you know, where they fit in the NFL.
0: But one thing they are is well coached. And look, if you look at their schedule and you look at how the league ship, they can win the NFC East.
1: I, I truly believe that. Someone just asked me today, you know, literally, um, who's going to win the division? He was like, it's got to be the Eagles, right? And I said, actually, I don't think so. And he said, don't tell me you're going to say Washington because you cover them. And I said, listen, this is this team's next four games. They have a bye this week. You, your ne- their next four games are the Giants, um, the Giants, the Lions, the Bengals, and the
0: Cowboys. No, I know. I went over it before when, when I was doing <laughs> my show. Yeah, I'm telling you. And, and and look, here's the thing that scares me about Wentz, and we'll move over to the Eagles. I've been a big Wentz supporter. Like I, I've been on this guy for two years. I felt like this kid's got all the tools. But here's what I've seen the end of last year and the first seven games this year. Wentz is playing like a like a like a bad Brett Farth. I mean, right. he's throwing the ball all over the place, unconscious, trying to make every big play imaginable. And yep. I don't know. If he's going to be able to not make that big mistake, like I'll give you a perfect example. They play the Cowboys this week in a game. They should win. Okay. They're at home. They should win that game, but he's been, he's been bad enough at times where he's turned the ball over at least eight or nine times in the opposition's end of the field. He can give the Cowboys a short field and now they think they're good and win the game.
1: Yeah, I, I got to tell you, uh, the Giants gave that game away more than the Eagles
0: earned it. A thousand percent. That.
1: Yeah, the, the Giants, uh, I couldn't believe how they gave the game away at the end. Um, and, and everybody's
0: going gonna to blame Engram for the drop pass. But look, the drive before that, the, the, instead of playing uh, uh, some type of an umbrella or a prevent coverage to just let them seven and ten yards you down the field and kill three minutes, they give yeah. up a big play over the top.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was surprised. I just thought that the play calling for the Giants was, was suspect down the stretch, and that was surprising because I had gone out on record and said that this has been, out of the four teams in the NFC East, they've been probably the most well-coached team as far as, at least I see progression every week. Now I'm going to go Washington. I'm seeing something. So um, with that said, with Carson Wentz, I agree with you. He doesn't look like the guy that, had he not been injured, what, three years ago, he'd have been the MVP of the NFC. He doesn't look like that guy, and he was making throws against the Giants that I actually tweeted out, you know, there's a quarterback issue here, and one of the guys was benched, and yet, you know, <laughs> he only had one game where he had a really horrific interception rate. Other than that, he didn't turn the ball over, and he still got benched for poor performance as far as decision-making. Well, Carson Wentz decision-making was worse than Dwayne Haskins, and that's a fact so I'm not
0: no I mean listen he, he's 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 been as bad as Danny Penny's in New York I call him Danny Pennies by the way
1: <laughs> yeah I was gonna say because he ain't Danny dimes but yeah you know Daniel Jones ha- has made plays when he needs to and I understand Carson once had a nice big 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 time throw um that gave the Eagles the lead to, to to Boston Scott that was a big time throw even better catch I mean let's face it the catch was great too um, but but those are the things that when people are hailing him for making that throw, you're supposed to make those throws if you're a franchise quarterback. Lake, he's on pace. I mean,
0: Lake, he's on pace to throw 25 interceptions this year. And and here's horrific. the thing: when was the last time he threw for 300 yards before the Giants game? That's another thing to I, keep in mind. And here's my thing: I understand they have a boatload of injuries, so I Russell
1: have Wilson's less been getting by for years with
0: nothing. <laughs> well, well, well. So I, that's a good point. Well, here's my thing with that: I can live. With him losing games, I can't live with him making mistakes. There's a difference. See, I can right. allow, I can I can forgive Wentz for not winning games for a lack of talent. But he's contributing to the losses with his play. That's my problem with him.
1: Right. I agree 100%. He's got to. He's going to have to carry them, and I don't know if Carson Wentz can put a team on his back. I just don't know. But they're going to have to. They're going to need him to if if they're going to go anywhere.
0: We got about three minutes. Talk to me about the Giants.
1: You know, I, like I said, I was impressed with them as far as some of the things that they were doing. They they clearly were, you know, showing that they could, you know, make a difference. You know that they that their defense was was playing improved. Um, but then when I, when, when they played Washington last weekend, Washington gave that a game away to me. You know, I thought that they played, they were the better team that day. They should have won the game. So I just wanted to see Dallas. I'm sorry. I wanted to see the Giants one more time. And, and and frankly, the game against Philadelphia proved to me that they're still a bad football team. There's no getting around it because the Eagles were worse and they won the game. Um, I, I think the Giants are a team that probably finishes with four wins five would be their max um i think six wins the division so they'll be right there to the end i just don't see them winning six games at all
0: who wins this weekend pittsburgh or the ravens
1: oh we pittsburgh- i'm gonna go baltimore
0: at, at yeah so, gonna- you, so you think they'll serve They'll, they'll hold serve at home
1: yeah, and, you know, they're coming off a bye. You know, that, that bye before your rival game is big, <laughs> big. You know, you get guys healthy. Mark Ingram was banged up. You know, so they, they're going to need it because it's going to be a slugfest. And then, let's face it, Pittsburgh just just went through a tough one. You know, I, I know they were up big, but Tennessee showed some fight in that game. And that was a physical contest. Those things wear on you. And then you're going to go into another physical contest on the road. But, but, I, but I'll say this. If Pittsburgh beats Baltimore,
0: oh no! If Pittsburgh now, beats Baltimore. They're going to be the one seed. They have three wins coming <laughs> up. They have Dallas the following week. the The schedule's mm-hmm. cake, and they're going to have essentially a one and a half game lead on everybody yep. else, including the Chiefs, who end, if I'm not mistaken, at Tampa. Mm-hmm. They have two They've tough games. They're at Tampa. The I, I can't remember I who agree. the other game, but I I was looking at their schedule, and they're at Tampa and another tough game.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Pittsburgh wins this game. They're, they're going to be now the the team that most people are going to probably say are going to derail the Chiefs. You know, that that's going to be not the Ravens. I, I still have the Ravens and the Seahawks, and I said this in early August. That's my Super Bowl. I'm still sticking to it. I, I, There's no reason for me to think they can't. But Baltimore definitely is missing a second tight end in their offense, and that's why they've struggled a little bit.
0: The the Ravens won't win in the playoffs as long as that guy's quarterbacking because he can't throw from the pocket. And I'm going to tell you what the Seahawks can't stop anybody. They look terrible on defense. They don't have a pass rush. I, I'm going to go. Well, Green, I'm going to go Adam, Green Bay and the Chiefs. Still, I'm going to stick with Green Bay and the Chiefs.
1: Well, if I, I mean, if I, if I have to make a, a pick, I'm going to go. I mean, I, I'm still I, I, my picks were lock solid to me. But if I had to alter them. I probably will go Kansas City and surprise, surprise, amp
0: <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Lake, man, thank you for uh thank you for joining me in a couple of weeks when the NFC East clears up a little, we'll do a, we'll do a longer segment. We'll do probably an individual uh an individual interview. We'll go for about a half hour. Is that cool? Absolutely.
1: And I'm I'm definitely, you know, planning on getting you on my uh on my podcast where it's in video, so you can check it out. But I
0: um, well, then I look. See videos. in video, I look good. You got to see. You got to see the Sergio <laughs> Rodriguez show on YouTube.
1: Oh, uh, I have. It looks really good. It looks like they cleaned you up a little bit.
0: My, that's that's my <laughs> producer Dennis. Yeah, he's the man.
1: <laughs> no, it looks really good. It looks really good. So, yeah, man, lot, lots of stuff. Uh, do 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 the Dodgers close this thing out tonight? By no, the
0: way. no. I think Blake Snell gets the job done today.
1: He's awesome. He, yeah. he, and you told me, i got to give you kudos, because you told me when uh, they decided to start this season up, um, and I asked you, like, certain teams, and you always tell me if a team's built for short-term or long-term. And I was asking you about your Yankees. And you are like, those, those are the type of teams that's built to last long-term. But a shortened season, you said teams like Tampa – to have great bullpens. <laughs> will do this, and blah, bam, here we are. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers get it done, though. I, I want to see. I want to see them get one. <clears throat> I think. Um, I think Dave Roberts. I just. I just want to see it, man. Because you know this team has been. They, for all intents and purposes, they've been the best team in baseball they for the have. last two, three years. They have. And, they have. And to not to not have one, so. You know, let's get them one, and then next year we start this thing fair square with the with the Nationals being the true champion. So <laughs> whatever, whatever.
0: Lake, you're the best.
1: All right, my friend. Good talking, which is always, brother. Love you, man.
0: Same here. That was Lake Lewis, insider for the Washington Football Team, TV analyst, and the man who owns Sports Journey. You've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other.